Yep. You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your hosts, Micah and Nick from Fifth Quarter ACC. Nick, how are we doing today? Dude, I'm good. Um, you know, this is kind of the thing I look forward to now since I'm not really irking at the radio station. It's always something nice to look forward to in the week, recording with you, talking ACC sports. Um, it lets me know that I'm still working on like something that I want to do in the future and maybe something with this podcast. So it's always a positive vibe around here for sure, but I'm doing great. Um, caught a, if you guys follow us on Twitter at uh, fifth quarter ACC just means less. Uh, I was at the wake Clemson series and unfortunately I went to the two games that wake lost, but nonetheless, that was one of the best series I've ever been to. Both every single game was very close. Um, so that was my weekend. I went to the Wake Clemson series. Uh, had some uh, nice Easter dinner. Went to mass. Uh, nice Easter breakfast. Uh, it was all well and good. Uh, I went to Friday night's game, which was honestly something that you never see in college baseball. Uh, I went to a one nothing game. That was zero zero all the way up to the top of the ninth. Um, so it, it, it was a very interesting uh, turn of events, as you might say, in college baseball, where you see these juiced up scores. But this was a pitcher's duel all the way through. Rake's pitcher, uh, Rhett Louder, shout out him. He's one of our favorite customers that comes in all the time. I actually talked to him today. He will be starting for Wake on Friday at South Bend playing Notre Dame. Uh, I actually, so I went, I went to that game, Micah, you're going to like this, went to the game. Well, actually, let me backtrack a little bit. So I'm working at the deli Friday night and one of the players um, asked my brother and I, Hey, like, are you guys going to go out to uh, whiskey dogs tonight? Uh, and if you, if you guys don't know what that is, it's a bar in downtown Winston. It's actually very fun. I was like, well, I was actually thinking of going to your game, but you know what? Screw it. I'll, I'll go out afterwards. So went out and uh, Rhett Louder came out too. So I asked him a bunch of questions. I was like, dude, like, was that like the best game you ever pitched? And he's like, ever, ever. I've never, ever, ever pitched so well in my life. Dude threw Eight scoreless innings, 11 strikeouts. Unfortunately, he had to be pulled, um, and Clemson scored a run, which stinks, but uh, their closer did bounce back. At the App State game that I went to last night, too, my brother's girlfriend is a uh, App State alum, so we went to that game as well. Uh, so a lot of baseball in the last, three day, last five days for me. Uh, I went to Friday's game, Sunday's game, and last night's game for Wake. So I'm baseballed out. Actually, no, I'm not because I love baseball. I can't get enough of it. I'm keeping track of the state game right now. Uh, but, no, it was a very fun weekend. And just, again, we talk about the weather here all the time. Micah, I got sunburned, sunburned on Sunday. It was a beautiful day. It was like 75 degrees. I was in a, you know, sleeveless T-shirt, just chilling. And then by the seventh inning, I looked down at my arms and I looked at my back. And I was like, oh, sh shit, I'm burnt. 
And then Tuesday, I go to the game, and it's like 45 degrees and windy, and I'm freezing my ass off. So uh, springtime here is just ridiculous, to be honest with you. It's the wackiest weather ever. But I had a great weekend. Uh, I hope you had a great Easter, too, Micah. Uh, I'm actually very excited to hear about your trip, though. So, I, I Micah, uh, as we talked about last week, was planning this whole trip throughout the Rocky Mountains, going to a Cubs-Rockies game and seeing Colorado State and all that stuff. You did Snapchat me, though, that – you were in Kansas City, and you went to the uh, Negro League Museum, which is on my bucket list. That's one place I really want to go to uh, when you're talking baseball history or sports history, for that matter. But I'm very interested in hearing how your Easter weekend was, and I think people are interested on, on your trip. So tell us about it. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I did – I didn't do the the full psycho mode. Um, my wallet said no first off, but <laughs> off. for those of you that don't know or you're new to listening or just I maybe have never gone in depth, I work for a hockey team here in Nebraska, and our uh, our team on Friday night was playing in Omaha, which is pretty much the halfway point between here and Kansas City. Kansas City is also a four-and-a-half-to-five-hour drive. Omaha is two-and-a-half hours. Um, our team was playing Omaha, and if we won, which we did, we would win the – regular season championship basically like there's a trophy hockey's big and having like a, in our league it's called the anderson cup in the nhl it's called the president's trophy it's basically saying you have the best record in the entire league for the regular season so it's like the third time in franchise history it's obviously the first time i've experienced that um so really wanted to kind of be a part of that um i love watching hockey so it was kind of nice for the first time all year i got to watch our team play and not have to work it so I enjoyed that aspect of it. I have a friend that works for the University of Nebraska at Lincoln, um, and she was kind enough to let me stay in the spare bedroom of her place. So I had a free place to stay both nights as a halfway point, which was nice. Um, and never been to Kauffman Stadium. I've been to every other AL, AL Central ballpark. And I was like, you know what? You know, it's going to be 55 degrees. So it was windy. So it actually ended up being pretty chilly. But, you know, I'd never been to Kauffman. Uh, it was their rivalry night, so it was college football themed. I actually got to meet both Eli Drinkowitz, former App State head, oh, okay. head coach cool. of Mizzou. And uh, the reason why I met him was a super fun story. For those of you that don't know, I have a hard-on for Lance Leopold. He's now the head coach at Kansas. Um, when I was in high school, uh, the D3 football national championship every year was in my hometown of Salem, Virginia. So I was a ball boy every year. And uh, I was a ball boy, eighth grade freshman and sophomore year. Wisconsin Whitewater was in it every year. And I remember reaching out to the coaches asking if I could like, you know, be around the team besides just on the game day. So like I would, I literally their whole week of practice, I would go and be like a water boy, a ball boy, whatever they needed kind of thing. And the coach that was most welcoming to me was Lance Leopold, who was the coach at the time there. So, you know, I kind of got to know him never like super great but you know i interacted with them all the way through my sophomore year of college until he left we went to buffalo and obviously turned buffalo around uh, made them somewhat relevant for a few years there and now he's in kansas so when i saw him i just said coach leopold just wanted to introduce myself you may not recognize me because you haven't seen me in seven years or whatever it's been now you know but my name is my and as soon as i said my name he knew who i was and that like i've never felt so cool in my life because i was just like holy shit, like this guy remembers the kid that just randomly wanted to ball boy his practices. 
Like it was the coolest thing, but the uh, FC, or I guess now it's Bally sports, you know, Kansas city or whatever it's called, you know, they were interviewing both Eli Drinkowitz and uh, Lance Leopold because it was the border showdown. So like they had like, you could buy a ticket package where you got a Mizzou themed Jersey for the Royals or a KU themed Jersey. Um, so they're interviewing both coaches at the same time. So when I was talking to, to coach Leopold, he said, yeah, this is my friend, coach Drinkowitz. So I got to meet him and talk to him for a minute or two. So I know Mizzou and Kansas are rivals, but they're in different conferences. So I'll be cheering for both of them this year. And, and uh, I low key, I hope I have the weekend off while I'm out here. Uh, Duke plays at Kansas this year. So I definitely want to try to get to that if possible. But so it worked. Did you ask him if necessarily planned to be that way? But it worked out well because I got college football in a sense with, you know, and not that I want to bring this up, North Carolina fans, but guess who got a picture with the uh, national championship trophy from the Final Four this year? Yes, I did. So, yeah, KU brought the oh, hell yes. I want to get pictures with. Um, so that was really cool um, as well on that front. I was wearing a Virginia hoodie, so I had a lot of people going like, you know, you're welcome. And I'm like, I actually kind of wanted Carolina to win, but I mean, thanks, I guess. You know, because I think that Virginia and North Carolina hate each other. And I'm like, yeah, I guess. I, mean, I personally don't. I know some Virginia fans do. But um, but anyways, you know, it was a cool weekend. Kauffman Stadium, really old, but really, really cool. Um, really, really enjoyed it, honestly. Um, got to eat my weight in Kansas City barbecue ballpark nachos. So that was uh, insane. Um, but, yeah, no, it was awesome. The Negro League Museum is a must-see. Um, unfortunately. And this is this is not a bash on it by any means. It needs a bigger venue. Um, you know, again, not planned at all. Kind of forgot that I was there the, the Jackie Robinson weekend. <laughs> so a little bit more popping. You know, obviously Jackie Robinson Day was Friday. So I'm there Saturday. And so everybody's there yeah. all under the sun. And it was really humbling, honestly. And I think it was beautifully done because like. Yeah, and I don't want to get political on this podcast by any means, but, you know, we live in a world now where there's a lot of gray area where like it's racist or not, you know, like you're like, like you're either being targeted as being a racist or you're not. It was beautifully done because it kind of showed, you know, obviously the deep rooted racism that was within baseball at the time, you know, obviously the Negro league existed for a reason and not for a good reason, you know, so there was that issue. But then on the flip side, it showed the beauty of, you know, guys like the owner of the Brooklyn Dodgers and, you know, and even showed like how people can change. There was a quote. I can't remember the name of the, of the player for the book or no, the manager, excuse me, for the Montreal Expos, who was Jackie Robinson's minor league team, you know, for the Dodgers there. And uh, he was quoted when he found out that Jackie Robinson was going to be joining the team. I will never coach a, you know, N word. This is absolute, you know, like he's basically just berating Jackie Robinson as a human being. Actually, he's not even giving him, human being status, if I'm being completely honest in the quote. And then there's a quote at the end of the season, most well-behaved guy, one of my favorite people I've ever coached. Like I was so wrong. And that just shows the beauty of this, of this country. You know, you can, you can go into a situation and unfortunately racism, especially way back then, but even then, you know, there are still places that truly do instill that into individuals. And, you know, it was just beautiful because you could see like, you know, the transition and they highlighted, you know, individuals that, necessarily did not have the right, in my opinion, right opinion of African-American athletes who changed their mind. And, and, and it also showed the people that were a part, you know, in terms of white people that were a part of, you know, really trying to integrate the sport. I mean, the owners, 
of like, I don't, I never knew this. 75% of Negro league teams were owned by white owners. Never knew that. That's actually really neat. Like, you know, those individuals, you know, again, I'm sure there's some money to gain from that, but you know, those individuals in a sense, like, you know, truly had to bet on their reputation, especially some of these owners in, in, in places like Baltimore and stuff like that, where they were not well-respected. Um, so it was really, uh, really kind of beautiful to see, but it's, it's, it's a, a lot of stuff in a small spot. And it, that was what was sad was, you know, there were points where I unfortunately had to skip some of the reading of, of information because like, if not, I was just going to be standing there for 25 minutes because the lines were moving so slow. So I would kind of like peruse some of the stuff that would catch my eye until I got some clearings. Cause there was just, it was just so packed and it's just not a lot of space to move out. So, or move around, I should say, but it was definitely really, really cool. Kansas city is a great time. It's a great city too. So, you know, I really I overall enjoyed the weekend. I mean, I definitely, you know, if there was one thing I learned from that weekend, bring it, wrap it back to college football, because I always kind of bring it back to college football. They got to bring back Kansas and Mizzou at Arrowhead Stadium. Those fans were chirping each other. Like, it's a freaking Royals-Tigers game. They're all cheering for the Royals, and they're spending their time chirping each other. And, um, Nick, I learned, unfortunately, that uh, in that rivalry, the Kansas-Missouri rivalry, uh, it is very similar to Virginia and Virginia Tech, and it's kind of sad. Because Kansas was like, look at our national championships. And Missouri's like, well, we'll kick your ass in football. And I'm just sitting here like, holy shit, this is Virginia, Virginia Tech. Damn it. <laughs> I'm on the side of Kansas, and I'm like, I don't want to be on Kansas's side. I want to be on Missouri's side. So, you know, yeah. uh, it was it was a good weekend overall. I actually, and, and looking back on it, I made the right choice. The Hurricanes got blown out by the Abs. Um, the Rockies game was good, but I heard it was like 40 degrees. Um, you know, it just was probably a better weekend. I would have killed myself and, and it wasn't going to be worth it. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely excited about it. And this weekend I have Saturday and Sunday off and Saturday I'll be uh, dialed into the ACC network to see my first look at the Tony Elliott era. I wish I could be in Charlottesville, but life, life goes on, I guess, but it was a good weekend. Nick. I think we both had a good weekend. Uh, I'm super jealous of you. You know, I was thinking about it, like, you know, when I was at the Royals game, I was I, I wasn't miserable, but I, I'm willing to say that baseball is by far one of the more boring sports. Like it just is. I mean, it's, I like the sport, but it just drags on sometimes. And I, I was watching the Royals and the Tigers. So I was watching full counts almost every single batter because no one could throw a damn strike. It was brutal. Mine is watching Bobby Witt Jr. and Mel, Mel, or Mel Cabrera. Jeez, Miguel Cabrera. There was nothing worth a dang in that game. <laughs> so it was just one of those things where it was, that was tough, but I was like, you know, baseball is that sport that I love more than anything where it's just like, it's a relaxing thing doing like, cause you know, I miss, I love college baseball, but driving two hours to watch the Nebraska Cornhuskers or two and a half hours to watch Creighton at TD Ameritrade park. Isn't really worth it. Now going to the college world series was absolutely worth it, but it's hard to get excited to do all those games. You know, where I wish more than anything in the world, I had a guy like, you know, like you have it with Wake Forest being, you know, 10, 15 minutes from your house. You just roll up, you go to the game, and you just enjoy the afternoon. Like, I miss that. Yeah. Like, there are sports that are worth traveling for, and baseball's hard for me to get on board with that. But baseball might be one of the best sports just to roll out of bed, go catch some sun, like you said, get sunburned, 
you know, enjoy the game and just kind of relax. And the nice thing is with baseball, you know, if you like if it's if you're close, of course, if you need to leave, you need to leave. You know, it's one of those things. That's the problem with baseball is, you know, of the sports, it is the most likely to drag on for five hours. <laughs> so you can't, you know, if I'm driving five hours and I'm on a time crunch, kind of yeah. to make the trip. So I'm jealous of you on that front. Uh, so I got, well, I got a question and I got a quick statement. I'll, I'll do the statement real quick. So I finished reading uh, a Willie Mays book, um, around a little bit after Christmas. I can't remember when I finished it somewhere around there. Uh, and that just made me want to go to the Negro league, uh, museum even more because, uh, Willie Mays was in the Negro league. He won the knee. I think it was. It was either the year before he actually got signed by the Giants or the year, I, I don't know. But he did win a World Series with the Negro League in 1948 for uh, the team he was playing in Alabama. Um, and the Birmingham so that, Black that, Barons. Yes, thank you. The Birmingham Black Barons. Thank you, thank you. Um, so, yeah, I definitely want to see it. Uh, it looks like a lot of fun and a lot of history. And it re- reading that book just made me want to go – even more um and how many like you know uh african americans were in that league and probably could have had a longer mlb career because some of them didn't get picked up till willie was lucky willie got picked up at like 20 years old uh and he already had a world series under his ring or i mean under his belt technically uh some of these guys don't get picked up till they were till the league was over and some of them are like 25 26 and they got nowhere else to go but then the integration started happening. So I'm very jealous of you in that aspect because uh, that is somewhere I want to go to. Um, and my question is, did you ask Eli if he misses App State yet and does he regret his decision? I didn't ask him if he missed App. I did make the joke. I was like, because I don't think I told you this, but when I was living in Winston, one of our roommates, my brother's best friend, played at App State. So obviously, you know, he was sad when Eli left. I was like, you know, like I just, I just asked him like, you know, are, what, what are your thoughts on app? And he's like, I'm just so thankful. Like he, like he, he spoke really highly of app because he's like, you know, they gave me a program to, you know, to just to really just continue, you know, he's like app states a program that can, you know, kind of honestly, like he kind of, and I, I don't blame him. He's like, it's kind of like in Alabama in a sense, or in Georgia, you know, it can sustain itself. Like you have to be really bad of a coach to, to just tank App State. At the, obviously, oh, yeah. the, they're at, I'm not talking that App State's going to win a national title. Like, calm down, people. That's not what I'm saying. But in terms of like sustained success, success, being a Sunbelt contender and everything like that, like a group of five nightmare, a top 25 plus team every year. That's what they are, you know, and, and, you know, he, he said without a doubt that he is like, he loves working at Mizzou, which I don't blame him. Like, like any app state fan that's mad at Eli Drinkwitz for supposedly using app state. Like you cannot tell me you're not taking sec money. And especially at a program like Mizzou, where I would argue that that's one of the best jobs in the sec because their expectations is not to win national titles. Like I would rather be the head coach at Mizzou than Auburn any day of the week. Because if you go nine and three at Mizzou, you're probably getting a pay raise. You go nine and three at Auburn, you're getting fired. 
and you've got Nick Saban in your backyard, at least in Mizzou, you're the top dog in the, in the state, you're the top dog in the, probably the general area. I mean, I would argue that Mizzou is a better, like if you're a top recruit from Omaha, you're probably better off going to Missouri than you are to go to Nebraska. Like, you know, you're going to want to go to the program in the SEC. So it, it was, it was cool. I mean, I only got to talk to him for like two minutes. I mean, that's like, a, you know, hour long individual one-on-one session with Eli drink I talked to coach Leopold a little bit longer, but he was kind enough to, you know, talk with me. I, I can't, I'm, I'm very disappointed in myself though. I spaced in the moment and did not ask for a picture. And I can't believe I didn't do that. That would have been legendary, but eh, yeah, it was on sometimes, but, but anyways, yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely really cool. Nick, definitely check out the Negro league museum sometime. It is, it is really neat. And it's just really humbling. You know, it's, it's it's a nice refresher to kind of remember that I mean it's not even a hundred years ago this was a thing. Like it's not even 80 years ago, really, that it was a thing. You know, it's it's a reminder of of everything. And I think they just did a great job with it. I really do, because you know, that's my always my biggest concern is you go to a museum like that, and you know, it's almost again, as a white person, it's gonna make me feel like I am a terrible human being when I wasn't even alive at that time. And it was nice because it really did present the negatives, but also showed you how you can be positive, how you can be proactive and inclusive and everything like that. And it showed and it gave credit to the people that stuck their nose out as a white person, which, again, should never have been a thing. But regardless of the situation, there are people that had to kind of risk their livelihood to say that, you know, African-Americans be allowed to play the American pastime. It was really, and it was humbling too to see, you know, how core, like how some of the correlations came apart. One of the Negro League owners that was really pushing for, you know, for athletes to, you know, African American athletes to play professional sports was because he served in World War II with a bunch of, uh, you know, African Americans by his side. He's like, these guys are fighting for our freedom, and we can't even give them the freedom when they come home. You know, it was it was really like neat just to hear some of these interviews. They have some great videos, you know that include just a lot of great, you know, conversations and everything. So it was really, it was really nice. Again, my only complaint was it's just, it's too small. That's my only complaint. There's a lot of stuff in a small spot. Like it was, that was my only frustration with the whole thing, but it was awesome. It really was. And half a mile down the road, it's now a neighborhood, but they have a plaque where the stadium used to be for the Kansas city monarchs. And obviously the original home of the Kansas city chiefs and everything. So that was really nice to see too. So it was, it was, it was overall a great, great trip down to, down to good old Casey and obviously a good barbecue, still not North Carolina barbecue, but still good barbecue. Well, good. But anyways, enough about us. So I dropped the ball. So that way everyone doesn't, doesn't blame Nick for us not talking college baseball today. Um, that was kind of the original plan. Uh, I just, for some reason mixed up what day or what week was what, and kind of was doing some football stuff. And uh, in a way, it's kind of working out because the ACC baseball slate this weekend is incredible. The ACC standings are as tight as they can be. I mean, there are very few schools out of contention to win the ACC, to win their division. I mean, we've got a huge series this weekend. We've got, you know, Duke, Georgia Tech. We've got Wake Forest, Notre Dame. We've got Florida State, Clemson, Pitt, Miami, and then I would say the best series of the weekend, the battle for first place in the Atlantic Division, 
Nick's NC State Wolfpack heading to good old Louisville, Kentucky for a three-gamer uh, there in Louisville. By the way, that's a beautiful ballpark for those of you that have never been. But, um, you know, it is going to be a huge weekend in ACC baseball. So we figured let's save that for next weekend so we can talk ACC baseball in depth next weekend because obviously there are some big series the following weekend, Virginia Tech, Virginia, Miami, Georgia Tech. But NC State's got non-conference. Florida State's got non-conference. You know, Pitt's got non-conference. So when we're talking part of the ACC, I think it's best for us to truly talk this week or talk about next week or this weekend's games next week, then vice versa. So that's what we're going to do. So we have something a little bit, I wouldn't say more fun than talking baseball. I think both would be fun. Something fun to do for football. Nick and I have not deep dived the spring games yet. I've watched probably three of them. Nick may have watched zero for all I know, maybe besides NC State. But it's before we deep dive and really look into what happened this past spring in ACC football, obviously on the last pod we talked about the what blew up with fifth quarter Clemson doing that prediction way too early and having North Carolina outside of a bowl game. So Nick and I are going to go through week by week and pick every game off the cusp without really deep diving every game, obviously. And we're going to see what we come up with. And this will be the fifth quarter just means less, way too early ACC standings predictions. So Nick, without further ado, do you want to get this started? Let's do it. I, I'm ready for this. Man, uh, football is so it's so far, but it feels so close as we do this. So let's do it. I think the most beautiful part right now, Nick, is knowing that we actually feel like at this point we're going to play a schedule that we actually plan to play with fans in the, in the stadium and, and everything else under the sun. I think that's probably the most beautiful part is I will never take spring football for granted ever again. <laughs> like I right. enjoyed reading unnecessary articles about spring football. Cause you know what? It's a lot better than what last year was where we were just reading. Are we even going to play ball with fans in the building? So I am not complaining one bit on this front. So with that being said, Nick, let's get this started. I'm just going to quickly go through Nick can see my screen. So, you know, when it comes to this week one, there's a lot of FCS games. Nick, is it bad for us to pick every ACC team to win the FCS game? So UNC over Florida A&M, Florida State over Duquesne, Wake over VMI. Not so fast. Did you like that impression? a and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to we're, – we're canceling you for being biased. <laughs> Give me Florida A&M, baby. Yeah, we're not – you're overruled on this one. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't sleep on VMI. I mean, obviously, I don't think Wake would lose the VMI, but don't sleep on – honestly, don't sleep on any of these teams because the one team I would say sleep on would be Duquesne, and they beat Ohio last year. Who beat Syracuse? So, shrug? But yeah. at Florida a and North Carolina, that's a week zero game, if I remember correctly. I think both yeah, – so is the Florida State one. I was I say, so is that one. So that's you – know, what, a, what, what a way to kick off week zero. Florida's – Florida, I hope Florida a and brings their band. That would be sick. Like, Nick, if they bring their band, you got to go to that game, man. That, that is worth the price of admission alone. And the best part is, Nick, if North Carolina wins, you can chirp North Carolina fans for being happy that they won that game. 
And if they lose, then you get to chirp them to losing to Florida A&M. <laughs> so. This is a hot take. Florida A&M. Florida A&M does origin green so much better than Miami. So oh, yeah. much better. Absolutely. Those uniforms. Absolutely. The, the, the bright orange the helmets. helmets. Yeah. Yeah, they have what are uh the shiny orange helmets like those are fantastic. They do orange and green so much better than Miami does without a doubt. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. That that old Dominion Virginia Tech game that, that looks oh, very We'll, we'll get too. there. So backyard brawl. Backyard brawl West Virginia pick. Huh? Yeah. This is a Thursday game? Yep. Oh, uh, yeah, you know what? I'll go pit with you. Yep, yep. Duke, Temple, I'm going Duke because both teams stink, so Duke at home. That Virginia Tech old game, man, when I did my thing, I picked ODU. That's a terrible first game for that new coaching. It's at ODU. And ODU was a good football team last year with a lot of positive momentum. It's Friday night. I'll let you pick this game, Nick, because I'm leaning ODU, but I don't want my bias to kick in here. So whatever you pick is what we're going with. Ah, shoot. Yeah, give it. I'll take Virginia Tech. North Carolina, Mainly, I'm, I'm overriding you. You don't even get a say. No, stop. We have to have a discussion about this. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold on. Pause. Uh, why are you overruling me on this? This is not out of, like, here, the ordinary. I'll let you pick right now. I'll let you pick. If we pick App State to beat North Carolina, we're picking ECU to beat State. That's not going to happen. ECU is a better football team than App State. You heard it here first. It's it's a lot closer. All right, I'll give you this. ECU ECU is also going to be a tougher place to play, in my opinion. Okay, wait. Chill. chill. Has Uh, a lot more to prove. Off the brakes, Micah. Hold up, hold up. I will admit to this. The App ECU uh, gap has shrunk. Within the last year, obviously, ECU finally bowl eligible. I think they've got their coach for sure. And it's a shame that they that they didn't play that bowl game against Boston College. Um, and okay, both places are very intimidating to play, but App State has beaten Mac Brown before at home in Chapel Hill, so. You're 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 picking Carolina way too fast here. Sean Clark is, I think, a better coach than Mac Brown is right now. Sean Clark might be the best coach in the state of North Carolina. Okay, he is very whoa. very good. Whoa, dude! What do you mean? Whoa! Opposite, we are on the opposite spectrum. I think he's the worst coach in the state of North Carolina. How can you say that? He's a great coach. He is. He got given a program consistent. that could win ten games every year and has yet to do it. Let's be North Carolina. Sean Clark. 
He beat Mac Brown. When did Sean Clark beat Mac Brown? Uh, Mac Brown's first year back at UNC. Hold on. App State UNC. Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. First off, App State was the favorite in that game, so congratulations, I guess, on doing. They should be the favorite in this game too. And and you want to know why he was the favorite in that game? Because a guy named Eli Drinkowitz was you know, a a pretty solid coach. Oh, by the way, you know who the head coach was in twenty nineteen, Nick? Eli Drinkowitz. I don't care. Sean Clark has not done shit at App State, but oh, I don't know. Regress. Sean Clark has not won a Sun Belt championship, but every other coach before him has. He's a good Mike coach. Houston. I will take Mike Houston, Dave Doran, Mike Elko, Mac Brown. Hell, give me NC Central and Winston Salem State's coach. I don't even know who they are over Sean Clark. I think Sean Clark is not like. You know, I told you how Eli was like, App State is a program that's self-sustained. Well, they've only regressed since Sean Clark's gotten there. What's Sean Clark's record since he's been at App? And, and, I don't, and I don't want to hear the whole Sean Clark thing where it's like, well, Coastal got good. App State should be better than Coastal every day of the week. App State should be better than Louisiana every day of the week. You have the history. You have the financial backing. You have the facilities. Piss off with that excuse. Oh, but Coastal's by the beach. Coastal had a high school football stadium until a year ago. And even then, it's still a high school football stadium. If you can drive on a road where you can see into the stadium by just parking your car, there's an issue. You can't even do that at app, and it's on a road close to it. (laughs) I'm out. I'm out on Sean Clark, so I completely disagree with your take. Uh, but, all right, whatever, whatever. I, I but we're spending way too much time on this. Is I think because, NC wait, State wait, wait, beats wait, wait, ECU too, but wait, 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 I think that it, North is Carolina it because beats you're down on App, or are you actually high on Carolina? A little bit of both. I don't think North Carolina's world beaters, but I don't, I don't think, and I also too, App State is like North Carolina is not going to overlook App State in this game. There's no overlooking scenario. Like, no, I know that. Like, and like, like, and like Nick, 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 I don't want to throw your Wolfpack under the bus, but your Wolfpack are more likely to overlook ECU here than North Carolina is App State for multiple reasons. One, you said it. Last time these two teams met, App State won. Two, North N- NC State has a hell of a lot tougher schedule in the weeks following this game against ECU. I all right. I'll go on. I'll, I'll say this. I don't think state will overlook this. A because ECU is always pesky. And yeah, sure, well, I'm not killed. I'm not saying they will, but I'm saying but, they're way more likely. Way more likely. You think state is way more likely to lose to ECU than Carolina is to losing at App? Yes. That's ridiculous. That's actually ridiculous. I'm going to pull Come something on. out for you. Okay. I'm gonna, NC wait, State, wait, wait, wait. Nick, Nick, it's ridiculous to think that NC State's going to over. Okay. No, no. It, okay. Ryan Finley and that pack team lost to ECU not too long ago. So I don't think that Dave Doran is going to overlook ECU at ECU to open up the week. I know we got a hard schedule this year, but. ECU is going to be good, and they're not going to overlook them. I think 
I'm, I don't think Carolina will overlook App either, obviously, because App State is probably the Alabama of the group of five but with, based on consistency. But hey, 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 Nick. Carolina is more likely to lose to App than to, to, end, to, end, to end this discussion. Here's my final point. What is NC State really good at doing, especially when it comes to football? Losing a game it's not supposed to lose. You can pick. Do you want to lose to UConn at home or do you want to lose at ECU? <laughs> I don't think you're going to lose this game, but I'm, all I'm saying is no. Every, everyone is talking North Carolina App State. That's going to be such a tough one. North Carolina, oh, they're going to lose. But everyone's everyone's like, I'm sorry, Nick. I just looked at a top 25 preseason t- way too early poll and NC State is number 10. I don't like the odds of NC State. at like. There's just way too much hype around NC State right now. And NC State and hype don't go well together. They just don't. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. But I don't think this pack team is going to look over. Look Again, over I don't think – I'm not saying they will either. I'm just saying if you ask me who's more likely to do it, it's NC State. It's, it's just – again, there's less eyes looking at NC State and ECU than on North Carolina App State. Okay, overlooking, fine. Also, I'll too. Give you that. Also, too. ECU can I'll, make this a close game. But who's most likely to lose? I still think Carolina. I don't think Carolina's overlooking App at all. There is a slight chance that State might be overlooking ECU based on the hype. I most certainly am not. I know how good ECU is. I know how scary it is going to, uh, going to play at Greenville. Okay, and this team... It was four years ago. Four years ago, Ryan Finley lost, or five years ago, Ryan Finley and Dave Doran lost at Greenville. So I don't think they'll be overlooking it that much as people think, but I think we were having two different discussions. I think Carolina's most likely to lose at App, but maybe State's more likely to look over ECU. Fair enough. Rutgers BC, another good game. I'm going to be. You better fucking win that game. I swear to God. BC or state? No, I mean, app <laughs> better win that game. Oh, well, other state then. <laughs> other state. Rutgers BC. What we got? I'm going BC. I think both programs are going in the right direction. I think with Phil Jakovic back, it's hard to bet against BC at home here. Let's see. This is like. This, this is why Rutgers, I wish I- if it's at Rutgers, I pick at Rutgers. Like when it's 50 50, with especially this being way too early and we're not deep diving it, I'm just picking the home team. That's kind of how my head's at. Yeah. Uh, th- this is why I wish that Boston College was out of the ACC and back in the Big East because that's a great big matchup for sure. I would love to see Boston College and Rutgers play every year. Uh, I agree with you. Both teams are training the right goal or trending the right way. Uh, but you're right. I think Boston College has the more experienced quarterback too, and it's at Chestnut Hill. Uh, I feel like it is going to be ugly though. I think it's going to be exactly like Rutgers Syracuse last year. Uh, both teams trying to head in the right direction, trouble getting their offense going. But I think BC will have like a fourth quarter like stretch where they get like two touchdowns within five minutes and just pull away. So, uh, yeah, I agree. Boston College. All right, we got to go rapid fire for two, and then there's one game I want to talk about left. Georgia Tech, right. we go in Clemson, right? Yeah, Clemson. Louisville, Syracuse. 
Uh, Louisville. Ooh. I'm leaning Syracuse. I think Syracuse take a huge step forward, but Louisville's probably the better team. It is week one, so we'll go with that. All right. Jake, I think Florida State will go to the Superdome and beat Brian Kelly in his first game at LSU and just start the absolute shit show because what's going to happen is it's the Florida State is back meets the LSU is dead. Perfect shitstorm on a Sunday night in New Orleans. Dude. Like, again, I get. My God. Dude, I can't wait for that game. Like, I know that LSU can't be as bad as what they were in that bowl game because they had like everybody opt out. But holy fuck, they were bad down the stretch. Like, they were so bad. <laughs> like, and I, I don't know, man. I just, I think that everybody is writing Florida State off again. Like, not in terms of, like they're going to be three and nine, but. There's not a lot of like Florida State, Florida State talk like there was a couple of years ago. Like the pressure's not off Norvell, but the national pressure is off of them. And this entire game is going to be Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly. Otakis. So, I mean, Nick, I'll let you pick, but I'm leaning Florida State. Yeah, dude, this is a this is tougher than people think. I think a lot of people want to pick F or LSU, but are are you are we sure? Are we sure that more of the pressure is on Brian Kelly than it is Mike Norvell on oh, a absolutely. national scale? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, th- th- hear me out. Hear me out real quick. Florida State is probably number two program wise in the ACC right now. Um and they did not meet expectations last year. Obviously losing to Jacksonville State and starting off 0 and 4 wasn't looking good at all. Uh they had a little bit of a bounce back finishing 5 and 7. But this is Mike Norvell's third year and they are getting LSU under the lights on Sunday. That's the only game that day. If FSU gets killed by a brand new, now I know it's Brian Kelly for sure, but if FSU does not make this a close game, that national pressure, Florida State trying to be back, is going to be very negative pressure because Mike Norvell will soon, his his seat will be on fire if FSU doesn't show a fight. So I, I, I think... Everyone will be talking about Brian Kelly's first game uh, as a coach of LSU. But I think the real pressure is on Mike Norvell. And I hope it doesn't Because if LSU LSU blows out Florida State, Nick, you know what everyone's going to say? LSU's a contender. Everyone's going to jump on the holy shit, this team's back. No, I I don't think so. I don't think so. I, 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 I strongly I, do. People, Florida State, oh, they're over under for Florida State and Vegas this year is six and a half. If people are going to get pissed, like, I don't, I think there's a spread out for this game. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's like LSU minus 17. Like, I, I don't think no people are going to say that, that either. Yeah, but I don't, it, you just proved, you just proved me, you just contradicted yourself. If there, no. if, if you did, yeah. Because if you're saying that there's no like pressure on Florida State and LSU kills them, 
what makes everyone think that LSU is going to be a national title contender? We're it's just the SEC bias. That- what do you mean what's going to make them a national contender? Ole Miss was getting their dick sucked last year for beating Louisville. Well, we knew that that Ole Miss team was going to be good. LSU was a preseason top 15 team. <laughs> because Dude. of LSU and Brian Kelly. Listen. I, LSU okay, maybe was ranked me. number 12 in week six of last year because Ed Orgeron had him off to a four and two start. Okay, that okay. What, what bias are we talking about? Are we talking nationally? This game is in New Orleans. This game is in New Orleans. You know what LSU's record is in New Orleans? 17 and 0. They've never lost in the dome. <laughs> there is so much pressure on Brian Kelly. <laughs> no Florida State fan is going into this game expecting to win. Now, again, exactly blown out. So then how is the pressure on them? If they're not expecting to win, what's the pressure? If they get blown out, they're going to go, oh, shit, I guess we're not going to have a good year this year. I'm saying there will be pressure on Mike Norvell, not Florida State. Okay, there here, will here's, be pressure here's, on Mike here's, here's, here's the debate. Which, who, gets, who gets more national pressure if they lose? If Florida State – actually, we'll play the game because we'll even say that we'll even say if they lose. If Florida State wins in New Orleans and Brian Kelly's first game as LSU's coach – who's supposedly supposed to be this, like Brian Kelly is literally the only thing he does not have on his resume is a national title. He has done everything else. He sustained Notre Dame's success and took a school with academic rigor to the playoffs. He took Cincinnati to BCS bowl games. He's done everything a coach. Like he's arguably a top two, top three coach in college football, all like not all time, but in like right now, just because of what he's done. And you take that and he's going to LSU where The expectation, and it can be done because there's been two coaches, a guy named Les Miles and Ed Orgeron, not great college football coaches, if you think about it, based off their tenure outside of LSU, have won national titles there. So a guy like Brian Kelly has an expectation. Like, if you read anything about LSU, Brian Kelly was brought in to win national titles, not SEC championships, not playoff berths, national titles. Mike Norvell is not expectation national title in the next coming few years. Florida State has not won many national titles since Bobby Bowden. Obviously, they won one with a guy named Jimbo Fisher, who arguably is a better coach than any coach I just listed at LSU that's won a national title in the last few years. You throw the combination of they're playing in New Orleans on Sunday night. It's LSU. LSU is going to be favored in this game. Like, you throw all of that pressure, it's all going to be about Brian Kelly. If Florida State beats LSU, they're going to be questioning everything because what is Florida State's biggest kicker every time they lose a game? They're the more talented team. They are not more talented than LSU. So there's not even an excuse for that. Yes, now if Florida State loses by 100, then there is a problem. But that's not going to happen. They lose by 21. I'm not that concerned about it. I'm really not. No one's ex- like, Nick, you and I are not thinking Florida State's going to win more than eight games this year, right? LSU fans and the national media think LSU is going to be a contender in the SEC West this year. None of us are not. It's going to win the Atlantic. I agree. But that's, we're talking about who has more pressure from people that are outside. And also, too, let's also just play the game of fan bases. Florida State has a psycho fan base. Uh, they are literally the most plain of plain when it comes to LSU. <laughs> we're talking psychotic fan bases. 
there is way more pressure. If this game was in Tallahassee, maybe. But it's in New Orleans. It is in the backyard of the LSU Tigers. They lose this game, that's embarrassing to them. Embarrassing. Okay. All right. So, so anyway, we got to pick the game. We got to pick the game, though. Who wait, wait, wait. Can I counteract? Can I counteract and then we'll pick? Can you not pick, then counteract? Okay, I'll pick. Counteract, yes, yes. Counteract, pick. counteract, counteract, then pick. Okay, I'll counteract. All right, all right. Uh, okay, yeah. Embarrassing, yes, yes. Uh, even if it's close and LSU wins, yes, it's embarrassing. But, dude, listen, listen. What happened when Ed or when Ed Orgeron took over? They sucked. They didn't do shit. Even in the second year, they didn't do. Sh- they barely did shit. There's a they difference though. But there's a difference though. LSU when Ed Orgeron took over LSU, they weren't in the top five in recruiting. The problem with Ed O wasn't that he wasn't able to recruit. He just wasn't able to win. Besides, with the greatest roster probably ever put together in college football history. Like, that's Ed Orgeron's issue. Like, Brian Kelly is walking into a team that has enough talent. Like, the fact that when LSU was playing Kansas State with their backups who had it played and they still had 11 more four or five stars in Kansas State's starting lineup <laughs> tells you everything you need to know about what LSU has. LSU's also got arguably a more proven quarterback. Like, I, I just, I, I strongly disagree that there is not way more pressure on LSU because again, Brian also too, Mike Norvell came from Memphis. I understand that Florida state fans expected him to be good, but he's coming from Memphis. Brian Kelly left one of the most prestigious programs in college football history to go to LSU. You lose your first game in New Orleans to a team that is on a downward slide. Who, by the way, Nick, guess who Brian Kelly beat last year in week one? Florida fucking state. <laughs> how close was that? You lose. Yes. How, how close was that? In year two. Where, in where year was two, that game? Was that? Where was that game? And who has more talent on their roster? LSU has more five stars on their roster right now than Notre Dame had on their roster last year. So he's got more talent. He's at home. You cannot tell me that the, the Superdome will not be a home game for LSU. But listen, okay, here's here's my final argument, okay? When you talk about the history of the two programs, right, they're pretty much neck and neck, okay? It's not like F- Mike Norvell is coaching like Wake Forest or Rutgers or something, and it's year three. This is year three at Florida State. The pressure's already on this season. He's honestly probably lucky that he didn't get canned after this season going 0-4 and missing a bowl game and, oh, by the way, losing Travis Hunter to Jackson State to uh, Deion Sanders. So, yes, there is a lot more pressure for Florida State going into this game if they don't make it close. Ooh, I will maybe bet you $100, Nate. I will bet you $100. Maybe, wait, 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 wait. maybe <laughs> afterwards, maybe after the game, if FSU makes this close or if they actually win, then the pressure's on for Brian Kelly. But going into this, dude, you just said it. They're playing in their backyard in New Orleans. Florida State nationally is still down they're not back yet they missed a bowl game again so to me so how I is there pressure LSU on them should... then 
How is there pressure on the team you just described? Because it's year it's year three. It's year three at Florida State. If you're not going to make this game close, and then we, that's all we need to know. Because guess what? The Atlantic is going to be very hard. Jimbo needed seven again. years. Jimbo needed seven years, and Jimbo Fisher left Florida State in a shitty spot. Oh, by the way, it only got worse by this guy named Willie Taggart. Okay, listen, if LSU fans think that they're going to win a national championship, if they think they're a national, you have to think about this, Micah. The ACC Atlantic is only going to be tougher. Clemson might actually be an 11-win team again. NC State's not going anywhere. Wake Forest is what? Two and one in the last three years against Florida State? Louisville's on the rise? Like, come on. The pressure's on. If FSU doesn't make this close, Mike Norvell, it, I mean, people are still mad that he's not fired right now. I think the thing the pressure, is, though, the thing is, though, the people that close, truly, like, I don't know what if, if you listen to any podcasts outside of, you know, like, like in terms of like college football ones, talk to a guy, Bud Elliott, Danny Cannell, both FSU guys, would tell you right now that Florida State does not feel like Mike Norvell has to just go out there and start competing contending for the Atlantic this year because they understand what he was left with. They understand that the COVID year does not count. It is not fair to compare Mike Norvell. And, and you can say that he's on the hot seat potentially. I would bet you a hundred dollars that there would be a lot more scrutiny if LSU went six and six this year than Florida state and LSU has a harder schedule. I would you say LSU or FSU? LSU fans and pressure because Brian Kelly left a program that was in the college football playoff two years ago was the last team out last year to come take over LSU who won a national title in the last three years. Nick, I was still in high school the last time Florida state won a fucking title and I'm old now. <laughs> like this what was is I, Florida State of past, and you want to say that the program history is better? That's not true. Look up Florida State. And the I didn't say it was better. I never said it was better. I never said it was. You said better. they were I about equal, and that's not even remotely true. How many national championships does LSU have? I don't know. Probably four or five. <laughs> you can't. Florida State has like three. Bobby Bowden era, they're though. Both tier two. Based, based, but it, Nick, based on that logic, Kansas State's a great football program because Bill Snyder had him in the top five. For ten straight years, but they had the worst. They have one of the worst records in the history of college football. Every Kansas State hasn't won national titles. These two teams have. We're not talking about Kansas State and Bill fucking Snyder. We're talking about two programs. LSU has won a nas two national titles. LSU has won two national titles more recently with two different coaches who couldn't even make it at Kansas or Ole Miss when they were bad. <laughs> When Jimbo Fisher won a national title with Florida State, and they only won that national title because they had this guy named Jameis fucking Winston throwing to a guy named Kelvin Benjamin. <laughs> it's not the same thing. All right, fine. I picked a game. We spent way too much debating this. We'll have to debate this closer to this season, but I'm telling you right now, all right. way more pressure on LSU in this game. You want me to pick? You want me to pick? Pick, pick the winner. All right, obviously I'm picking LSU, okay? LSU is going to win this game. If they don't, yes, the pressure's on for Brian Kelly because you can't win with a bunch of five stars with Notre Dame. I agree with everything you said, but going into this game, 
no one's really thinking that LSU is going to lose, right? But FSU, so he's got no pressure. FSU and Mike Norvell, it's year three at a tier two program, just like LSU is. They're a tier two program in the national football world. So if he can't make this game close, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. And the ACC Atlantic is going to be very tough for Florida State if they can't make this game close. They, I will say this. That week zero game against Duquesne, that could that actually might be very beneficial to Florida State. That could work out a lot of kinks going into that game. So uh, that that could actually be that could be something to look out for. Like, but man, we I would argue that Florida that State has Sorry. more pressure in the week zero game against Duquesne than they do in the week one game against LSU because of oh, Jacksonville State last year. Like, I don't know how the pressure is on you at all. I don't. I really don't. But anyways, we move on to week two. Louisville heads the UCF. I got to go UCF here. They're going to get revenge for being literally like a couple yards short and a quarterback injury away from winning last year. So I'm going to go UCF. Here. I'm, I'm going to go Louisville. I don't think uh, – sorry, what's his name again, the head coach for UCF? Gus Malzahn. Gus Malzahn, thank you, yes. Uh, I, I, I have a bad feeling that that's not a good fit and UCF is not going to be as good as everyone thinks. And Louisville, I the bounce like house on Friday night, something. man, is going to be tough, man. I'm telling you right it now. It is going to be tough, yeah. but I feel like Louisville, they have a lot of pressure too. Uh, and they, this is a game that they must, you're, win. you're, you're, like way, you're, season, you're you must be high on Louisville. I don't think they're going to be that great. I'm overriding you since you overrided me on LSU, Florida state, we're going to UCF here. Clemson Furman. <laughs> Georgia Tech versus Western Carolina. Georgia Tech. Okay, I'm not going to lie, Nick. Here's another take that I'm willing to say. I think that North Carolina is more likely to lose at Georgia State than they are at. Uh, no. All right, this, is, this was your chance to pick uh, pick against Tar Heels, but you're lost, I guess. <laughs> NC State. I think Northwestern beats Duke. Only because it's in Evanston. If it wasn't the other way around, I'd probably pick Duke. But both teams probably. Yeah. Yep. This is a good one. I'm leaning Pitt here. I really am. I think that Pitt's due for another good season. I like the idea of Keaton Slovis and uh, Mumfield at wide, wide receiver. And kind of what I talk about with LSU, there's a lot of pressure on Tennessee because there's a lot of expectation this year. I mean, the expectation for Pitt too, but a lot of Pitt people kind of realize. Mark Whipple's gone. Kenny Pickett's gone. Or Tennessee, it's like, holy shit, Hendon Hooker's back. This defense is going to get better. We've got some good transfers coming in. And Pitt likes to win these types of games at home, and then they'll go lose the next week at Western Michigan or something. <laughs> so you can pick this one. I'll let you pick because I'm 50-50 on it. Yeah, I'm 50-52. Uh I hate buying into the Tennessee hype because every year I do, and every year they fail the whole nation. But I feel like they, they, I haven't heard anything bad, no bad momentum. Let me go, Tennessee. Okay. Syracuse at UConn. We got to go with the ACC team here. Virginia, Syracuse. or sorry, Virginia, Illinois is a good one. So just to give you an idea, though, Illinois is losing everybody from a team that wasn't very, like, if you talk to Illinois fans or Illinois insiders, so I have a friend that's a big Illinois guy. Shout out to the Eyes on Big podcast. Illinois is in trouble this year. Yeah. Um, and this is more of like like what they did last year 
was what they what was concerning to Illinois fans, like the ones that are crazy and don't pay attention. They're going to think that they're supposed to improve off last year, even though it is in Champaign. I think the I think Virginia wins. And this is not even my bias kicking. I just think Brandon Armstrong will torch that defense again. I'll go Virginia too. Yeah, Miami Southern Miss. Southern Miss is going to be an up and rising program, but we got to go Miami here. Virginia Tech BC should be a good one. I think the Hokies win at home though. They're going to be out here for revenge after last year um, when they lost that tough one uh, on that Friday night in, in the house there. So we going Hokies, we going Eagles. If you want to override me, you can, but I feel like uh, BC's got a lot of momentum going into this year with Phil. I'm fine with that. I'll never, never disagree with a let's pick Virginia Tech to lose. Just kind of thing. <laughs> Wake and Vanderbilt. I mean, we got to go Wake. I mean, I don't know if you saw the meme going around, but Vanderbilt can't even win their own spring game. So. They tied it, so we got to go with Wake Forest there. Um, Florida State at Louisville. I'm going Louisville at home. Uh, for them. Ooh, that's a tough one, man. If, God, all I'm going to say is, Nick, if you think, I would argue that UCF is as good as Florida State, and if you're going to say that Louisville wins at UCF, you have to have them winning here at home on a Friday night. And Friday nights in Louisville always end in a win for Louisville. Ask UCF last season. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? You convinced me. I'll go Louisville. BC over Maine, Clemson over Louisiana Tech, Duke over NCAA. No, that's not promising. Ole Miss, uh, Georgia. What? Duke A&T. I don't know. It's Duke. Come on. Let's not, let's, okay, let's all, right, all right, all right, all right. Ole Miss at Georgia Tech. I'm going Ole Miss, unfortunately. You're Paco. Ole Miss, yep. Syracuse, Purdue. Yep. I'm going, ooh, I'm going Purdue. I'm going to go Purdue, too. I really want to pick Miami against A&M, but I got to pick A&M. I think A&M. I got to pick A&M. I also think that Miami is getting overhyped, too, to be honest with you. So, Virginia. Yeah, I agree. Give me Virginia because it's only because it's in Charlottesville. If you tell me that game's in Norfolk, I'm going over to you. Um, Virginia Tech, Wofford, going Virginia Tech. Damn, wait, wait, wait. Old Dominion could take the state. That would be bad. First off, it's a Commonwealth. <laughs> Calm down. It's Commonwealth. Second off. Sorry, the Commonwealth. Okay. Wake will be the other team in the Commonwealth who's probably going to be the worst team in the Commonwealth, if you ask me. I mean, they're losing literally a 20. Only because this is a revenge game. Pitt at Western Michigan. Pitt gets revenge, right? And because we have Tennessee. Oh, yes. Yes. They got to get revenge on this game. They got to go to Waldo Stadium. In beautiful Kalamazoo, Michigan, to shock the world. The Black Diamond Trophy. God, I can't. I'm like the fact that both Virginia Tech and Pitt are renewing their rivalry with West Virginia is what dreams are made of in this season. Absolute dreams are made of. We need West Virginia back. We need West Virginia in the ACC. So, anyways, um, before we do that, Virginia Tech, though, I'm going Hokies at home, rivalry game, Thursday night in Blacksburg. It's going to be bumping. Yeah, give me Virginia Tech. This one's a tough one. Friday night at the Dome is never easy. Robert and I and Coach Beck, the former OC and quarterback coach for the University of Virginia and Bronco Mendenhall staff, now at Syracuse. Do they get their revenge? My thing is, do they have a quarterback that can beat Brennan Armstrong? Because Syracuse's defense has been known to get torched in the secondary a little bit. So I'll let that, you this one because I, I could go either way to be honest. Like I think Virginia is the better team, but it is at the dome on a Friday night. So 
I'll go Virginia. If honestly, if Syracuse had a quarterback that was half as good as Brendan, we pause for a second before we do that. Look who's on top of the ACC Coastal. I love this, Nick. You're you're, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Oh my god, you're doing a great job. We're off to a hot start, baby. Let's go. All right, Florida State, BC. I'm going Florida State at home. I'll go Florida State at home as well. Kansas, Duke. I'm going Kansas at home. Oh, NC uh, State. Yeah, Kansas is better than Duke. Kansas you think so? Right yeah. I also, I also think, too, like, both programs are going to be heading in the right direction. Think about it. This is Mike Elko's first year. Coach Leopold got his guys in Kansas last year to go through the hell and back. Now it's his year to take a step forward. They're just they're just, they're just a lo- they're further along on the ride, in my opinion. And I think Kansas fans are legitimately excited for this because the basketball fans are going to cream themselves over the idea of playing Duke, even though it's football. But also, too, Kansas does not get P5 wins at home very often, so they're going to see this as an opportunity to do it. Unless your name is Texas, Kansas doesn't win at home against you. So, you know. Is Duke's schedule like literally exactly from last year? Yeah, basically. Um, I'm going to go UConn over NC State. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, shut up. <laughs> over Rhode Island. UCF over Georgia Tech. Yeah. Miami over MTSU. <sighs> Nick, I want to pick North Carolina, but I know you're going to talk me out of it. So I'm going to save you. I, we'll pick Notre Dame. But ah, man, I. It's going to be close. I'll say that game's going to be close. Louisville over South Florida. I mean, I think Clemson over Wake, but if you think otherwise, stop me before I hit it. I just. Wake Forest beating Clemson, I'll see it when I believe it. It's like Kentucky beating Florida in football. It's like Virginia beating Virginia Tech in football. It's like uh, pigs flying. I'll believe it when I see it. This this is because this game is going to be at Wake. I think the last But it's still going to be 50-50. It's going to be be at home. (laughs) You're right. But uh, this is the type of game where you have to see what they've done before. Uh, Because I want to see what DJ looks like. And Wake is not going to be – so off the cusp, we go in Clemson then. I'll go Clemson because I have to believe it to see it too. We maybe move on to week five if this thing ever wants to update. Maybe. We'll see. There we go. Week five. There we go. Louisville at BC. Let's go. I'm going BC. Favor the home team when in doubt. I'll go BC. I'm going Clemson over State only because it's in Clemson. I'm going State, baby. We're taking the Atlantic this oh, year. We're, take, we're going Clemson. Sorry, it's in Death Valley. Overrided. Whatever. Duke. I mean, God, I hope we don't lose this game. But this could easily be a Duke win. And Bronco's gone, so I can't. Virginia uh, dominates Duke because only Bronco really dominated Duke. But... I'm going Virginia. Okay. Man, love that. Things we love to see. <laughs> Man, dude, I'm giving you these Virginia picks, and you won't even pick State to beat Clemson. In Death Valley. You're at home. I'll give it to you. And, Nick, you'll like this. I still think that there is a chance that NC State wins the uh, good old Atlantic here, so let's calm down. Wake Forest, okay. Florida State. I'm going Florida State. I think Florida State at home over Wake. Wake does not win there ever, ever, like – they did though. Did they win it in 2019? I don't think so. Maybe they did. I think they. I think they. I know did. they didn't win. And no, they didn't win in 2019 because I was there. Or 2018 or whatever uh, it was. Last I was there when I lived in Florida. I think it was 2018 though when I was there. So because they would have played in 2020 
but I don't think they actually ended up. Oh, you're right. That that was a so home 20, game. I'm 2018, about. they you're lost right. there, and they were the better team. Like, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Tech, Syracuse over Wagner. I think North Carolina over Virginia Tech only because it's in Chapel Hill. Disagreements? We move on. Uh, uh, no, I don't disagree. I think for how early it is, it's pretty much good to just pick the home team if they're decent. Clemson at BC. They saw what I clicked. Oh my god! I think your wolf. <laughs> You're actually picking them BC. Down. I think that the Wolfpack will wear them down. I think BC, after what happened last year, where they should have won that game in Death Valley, Phil Dracovic finds Phil Dracovic outperforms them. And I know before you say, well, Phil Dracovic is not better than our boy, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Leary. I agree. But I also think that we have to factor in revenge games and who's at home. Clemson's going to want yeah. – Dabo's going to have those guys ready to go and play NC State at home. And there's an argument, Nick, that NC State's ranked higher going into that game, and Clemson's an underdog potentially at home. Like, I think they're going to have to, like, not shock the world, but, you know, beat an NC State team that might honestly be better than them. And then they're going to have to come up the next week and play BC, a team that I think is underrated by many people. And look what we're opening up. We're opening up the door for back for NC State because uh, I'm going to quickly pick the rest of the games, in my opinion. And you can just, again, we'll talk about any ones you disagree with. But that's what I've got. Do you disagree with any of those? Right now, for those obviously that can't see it, got Boston College Clemson over Clemson, Georgia Tech over Duke, Knicks Wolfpack over Florida State at home, Pitt over Virginia Tech in Pittsburgh, Miami over North Carolina in Coral, or I guess not Coral Gables, but uh, in Hard Rock. Virginia over Louisville at home and Wake over Army at home. Uh, yeah, maybe two. So I don't know if Clemson beats Boston College, but I like your line of thinking there for sure if that goes your way. And uh, seeing Virginia at 6-0, and oh, I don't know. I know. That Louisville I, team looking might... at it now, I mean, again, there were some games that you picked Virginia and I was like, I don't know. Well, I, to give you an idea, Virginia likes to beat Louisville, and they loved it. I don't think Virginia, minus the first, like the Lamar Jackson year, or by the way, they were the number five team in the country and needed a last-second touchdown to throw him over a 2-10 and 10 Virginia team to do it. Virginia has not lost to Louisville at home, minus that one game. And they have now- Yeah, that's true. And, I mean, it's going to be a fun duel. I mean, the fact that Virginia won it last year, I don't know. I – and also, too, Nick, just to let you know, as a Virginia fan, our schedule gets a hell of a lot harder after this. <laughs> so they won't be six and zero when we're done. I pro- like they won't be eleven and one when we're done. I promise. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so we're yeah, gonna move I mean, on. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna move on. Yep. Okay. North Carolina, Duke, North Carolina, Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, NC State wins at Syracuse. If this is a night game in, in Lane Stadium. I'm going. I'm going Hokies. Ah, uh, man, I think I. I where do we have Miami right now? We have a nah. I feel like I feel like Miami, dude. I'm high on Tyler Van Dyke. He shut me up last year. Right. I'm high on them. He, I'm not high on their defense though. And I just like like who are they going to throw the ball to? Their tight ends are all banged up. Their top receiver's gone. 
I mean, yeah. Uh, and if you want Miami, you can. Um, this this game is all yours to pick. I just I just went through and picked my game who I think would win off the cusp. But if you, I will I will agree with you either way on this one for Miami to win the Because of how high I am on Tyler Van Dyke, I'll go Miami. I mean, I would argue that the better quarterback in this game is on the Miami sideline. So right, that's a very reasonable expectation. All right, Virginia at Georgia Tech. Oh, <laughs> that's so funny. He picked Georgia Tech. But I'm telling you, you, see, man, Virginia... you can't see eight and zero. You can't see eight and zero, Micah, or seven and zero. Sorry. The idea of Virginia being undefeated going to Bobby Dodd Stadium, where Virginia can't win there if their life depended on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm out. Like. I don't remember the last time Virginia won at Bobby. You know, I'm going to look it up real quick, but I don't remember the last time Virginia won at Bobby Dodd. Got Pitt being Louisville. Yeah, at Louisville. No, I have Louisville yeah. beating Pitt. I have Louisville beating Pitt. Oh yeah, yeah. You have Louisville beating Pitt. Yeah, I think in Louisville. Yeah, and I don't think Pitt's world beaters this year. I think they're a good football team, but yeah. When, when it comes, that's going to be a good game. That's an interesting matchup. I like that. Well, absolutely. I mean, the ACC schedule, when we've gone through it, there, how many games we that go, wow, that's going to be a fun one, you know? Like, yeah. And honestly, it's because, like, dude, it, let, let's be real here. Oh, my God, look at that series. 21-21-1. Yeah, right? But look at this. That's great. Loss, Atlanta, loss, Atlanta, loss, Atlanta, loss, Atlanta, loss. Oh, 2008, last time Virginia won at Bobby Dodd. 2008. Wow. I'm good. Oh, by the way, 2006, loss. <laughs> 2002, loss. 2000, like, do you see the trend here, Nick? <laughs> Atlanta, loss. Atlanta, loss. Atlanta, loss. At- what is your record at Atlanta? <laughs> I don't know, man, but in my lifetime, I've only won twice there. They played there a decent amount of times. <laughs> You're like one in 20. Yeah. Yeah. So give me the, uh, and a Thursday night of all games. Yeah. Give me the yellow jackets for sure. <laughs> Virginia could be 11 and 0 perfect season. Number one team in the country. They're still losing this game. <laughs> Anything else before we move on to the next week? Do you want to switch pit to Louisville? I'll let you pick it. If you, if you want to switch it, I think Louisville wins. I mean, I'm high on Louisville a little bit this year, so I'll stick with it. All right. State, Florida State. I almost bet only picked second. Tie, yes, tie. <laughs> I mean, <BC>. I mean, <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, Big East, like BC, UConn, Rutgers, Syracuse. That sounds all fresh and good. This doesn't sound like ACC football. Uh, let's see. Do I have anything objective with this? You, you have Virginia beating Miami. Oh, Revenge game, goodness. baby. And You're guess, so guess, funny, guess, dude. guess, dude, guess. You ready, ready for another game? We're going to play another fun game, Nick. You ready for this? Oh, God. Here we go. Wait. Miami, Virginia, football, Winsipedia. Let's see it. We're about to play a fun this game. This is great here, podcasting, by the way. Great about to play a fun game. Look at that. Charlottesville, win. That year, 2016, Virginia was terrible. 2014, win. 2012, win. 2010, win. Oh, okay, they won 0-8. Good for them. 6 Virginia likes to beat Miami in and like the last three times, like Virginia hasn't played in Charlottesville since the year I graduated college <laughs> against these guys. I'm, uh, I'm oh man, Virginia getting the win here. 
That's and that's the battle for the for the coastal based off our prediction. Right, it is. If you want to go Miami, I will. I will genuinely hear Miami out. I, I just, I don't. Know. Uh, you know what? I, I honestly, maybe Virginia, maybe because, dude, that's a great quarterback matchup. Oh yeah, it is. Now Wake and Louisville is a great quarterback matchup too. Does Wake? That is too. Yeah. In in Cardinal Stadium, because like I kind of want to go Louisville here, but. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but like again, part of the reason why I want to go Miami over Virginia too is like just looking at the standings. Like Virginia should not be a seven and one football team this year. They should not be better than they were last year. <laughs> I, uh, Schedule's I, easier, I, but yeah, I I, I kind of want to go Louisville there too. I don't know yeah. because, dude, that's such an un. Uh, again, I'll say it again. I'll die on this hill. The Wake Louisville rivalry is one of the most underrated rivalries in the ACC, and every game oh, yeah. is just fantastic. And this game's going to be at Louisville. I'm going to assume it's going to be a night game, too. So, uh, but you know what? I love I love Sam, but, dude, going to Louisville is not easy. One, one, of the, one of my favorite games I've ever gone to was that first game after the Wakey Leaks thing came out between those two, or Lamar Jackson yeah. and, and Louisville was down, I think it was 12 to three at halftime to wake. And they ended up smoking them in the second half. But like, it was the funniest thing because like, you know, that was the game. And then like a week later, week, weeky lakes comes out and they're all like, they knew our players. And it's like, yeah, you could actually probably tell because the first play of the half coming out of the half was a wake forest trick play. And Louisville had everybody in position for it. It was only yeah. like they knew the play was coming. Uh, I wonder how they did that. So yeah, that was wild. We do week nine. Yeah, we do week ten. I said a bang, 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 and e bang. I said a bang, 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 and e bang. Oh no! Yeah, I think we got to go back and switch Miami because Virginia's not winning both of these, and I think Virginia's more likely to beat Carolina than they are Miami. <laughs> like that's I mean, your pick, bro. Like, don't get me wrong, man. Like, but that just doesn't look right. Like, I'm a Virginia fan. It does not look right. I'm a state fan. Look at me. You guys are actually supposed to be good. <laughs> <laughs> One team was playing in an actually relevant bowl game. The other was playing in the Fenway Bowl, the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. <laughs> One team had their coach just say, yeah, fuck it. I'm retiring. <laughs> I'm done with this shit. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Do I have any objections to that? Uh, I love how you you're basically picking the home teams. <laughs> no, uh, I promise you guys. Game. I promise you guys. This this will be more in depth when football. Okay, so comes. so Nick, can we make an assumption here? If K Klubnik's the quarterback, I think Clemson wins. If you're in agreement that K Klubnik would be the starter by week 10, which I think by then I would hope he would be if DJ's not performing to DJ levels that people thought he could be. Like, is it bad to go Clemson here? But I think that they'll have a way better quarterback in Kate Coleman than Notre Dame will have. I would argue that DJ U Young LA is better than any quarterback Notre Dame has. <laughs> well, I, shoot, I, I don't – do you have any idea who Notre Dame's quarterback is going to be? <laughs> not Me neither. So let's go Clemson. Maybe it might be. Let's go ATC bias. Join, join our, might be safe because uh, we know the quarterbacks. Yeah, and and, and join our co- join our conference for real, and we can talk. All right. Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. Oh my. Okay. So before we get here, why is Virginia playing all the top teams in the coastal at home? 
Dude, is this why you're picking Virginia? Because you keep picking the home team. Think about it, though. But but before we go there, Virginia's home record, Virginia is the third best home record in college football over the last four years. They've only lost times. Like, now I am going to go pit here. Virginia's not winning three straight. I kind of want to go back and pick Miami, to be honest. Like, like they're not going 3-0 in this stretch. So if you think Pitt, I guess, who do you think would win more, Pitt or Miami in Charlottesville? Uh, I think Miami because they got the quarterback, dude. Yeah, we're going back, though. All right, I, I mean, I think Pitt's got the quarterback, too, but we're going to go back then. We're switching that game. I'm not letting – Virginia's not 9-1 and material. I'm sorry. Like, I love my who's. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, honestly, they're not really 8-2 and two material, to be honest, but their schedule is just playing out well. Oop, went too far. Sorry. Week 11, maybe. Oh, I hit the Ace Hardware commercial. Bummer. All right. Bang. <laughs> Wouldn't it be hilarious? If Duke beat Virginia Tech, yeah, that would be. All right. Uh, ooh, Wake Carolina. Yeah, give Wake's got, Wake needs to win that game. I mean, look at Wake right now. We are, uh, for us being somewhat high on him, we are struggling on proving it. <laughs> Damn, we only have them two and four in the conference. In the conference, yeah. Dang. Holy crap, who do we have them losing to? Jeez. Also, why is Virginia Tech playing both at Old Dominion and Liberty in the same season? Whoever, whoever, Whit Babcock, I don't know if he's still there. It probably is, but if, why, Whit? Why? Like, I get supporting your local teams, but don't play them both in the same season on the road. Dumbass. Hey, this is intriguing to me. Oh, Coastal Virginia. I think I think Virginia wins, but they do play Virginia. That's a fun game. After, and they do have Virginia Tech the week after. But if we uh, and we had them beating Pitt, so like that's why Virginia at eight and two just doesn't make sense. We're telling us that their last six games are Miami, North Carolina, Pitt, or oh, that's the last five, Coastal. And Virginia Tech, four of those are at home. But, I mean, I just named five very good football. Virginia Tech could be a good football team, but it's a road game. It's a rivalry that they own. So we kind of almost have to chalk that up as a loss to begin with. But four really good football teams and back-to-back-to-back weeks all at home. Like, does Virginia go three and one in that? Like, I'm willing to go back right now, Nick, and, like, pick Pitt to beat Virginia as well if we think that's the case. Because I think that Virginia is only going two and two in that slate. And I would pick probably Coastal and North Carolina as our best bet to win. Yeah, dude, that's tough. Because, like, you're right. The schedule really is playing out for Virginia. And, like, you, right can't now. Beat, you cannot beat that murderer's row. Like, Virginia is not good enough, in my opinion, to win those four games in a row. They're just not. And we have to even fa- we, we can factor in that they might be better, but we can't factor in that they're going to win those games. So. I'm going to go Virginia here, and then I'm going to go back real quick and pick Pitt to beat Virginia. And that also makes more sense looking at the standings. That looks a lot more sane of an AC Coastal standing than when we were at Virginia potentially like 11 and up. I mean, yeah, I say, yeah. if Virginia can perform at home, they could go 12, 11 and 1, 12 and 0. Right. <laughs> like, okay, Nick. 
I want to do it, but I won't. I won't do it to your boys. Yeah, State's got to beat Louisville. Come on now. Week 13. Here we go. Wait, wait. Before I I get there. Before I get there. Maybe? Oh, okay. I was wondering if you – since you kept saying you had State, I was like, well – that's just, that's not going to make sense if Clemson's playing South Carolina week thirteen. Yeah, I'm so just saying Miami maybe. Beating... Dude, Van, like, I'm like so if if if, if if Tyler Van Dyke does get rolling, the best quarterback might be at Miami. Now again, though, same argument that we just made with Kate Klubnick, though, like. tough and uh wasn't it miami that killed nc state last year like weren't the one that they were the ones that broke the hearts of nc state last year they didn't kill us but yeah I mean, they they like hearts. breaking your heart not like killing you on the scoreboard yeah well i'm overruling you i don't know if you're pass. actually picking clemson or not but i'm overruling you miami's going to return the favor they're going to help you out in the second to last season, week of the season, instead of hurting you, and they'll let you choke it away the week afterwards. <laughs> wow. So right now, oh, my God. Now I know what's wrong with you. It's 420. Duh. So right now, Mike has got Clemson losing to Boston College and Miami. <laughs> Honestly, not bad. Not bad at I mean, all. I mean, I'm just saying, like, wouldn't that be the most Clemson thing, though? It would be for sure. I'm doing it. I don't care. You're not overruling me. I'm doing oh, it. Oh, Florida State. Hey, you know what? You, Micah, Micah, I'm not going to overrule you. You want to know why? Because I think Florida, they're they're kind of in the dumps right now. They don't know what they're doing. I think they let go of a really good coach. So I I I, I think Florida State breaks the streak this year if Mike Norvell is performing. Uh, Here's what see. I got. All right, he's got State being Carolina. I agree. Boston College beating Syracuse. I agree. South Carolina beating oh, Clemson. Well, wow. Sorry, sorry. That was an accident. That was an accident. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Okay, <laughs> never mind. He's got Clemson. He's got Clemson being South Carolina. Okay, that makes more sense because that is at Death Valley. He's got Wake beating Duke. Uh, that needs to that game needs to be on rivalry week every single week. I don't understand why it's not. I think that was stupid that Wake played Boston College in the final week. I mean, if Carolina and State are playing on rivalry week, Wake and Duke should too for sure. I, that that needs to be a consistent thing. Uh, Georgia over Georgia Tech, Kentucky over Louisville. That that's like Kentucky. The Kentucky Louisville game is like the Wake Clemson. I'll believe it when I see it if Louisville beats Kentucky because I really thought they could do it last year and they got murdered. Uh, Pitt over Miami. Um, uh, I might lean Miami because that's at home and they might be really good at that point. And Virginia Tech beating Virginia. You know why? You know why Pitt's losing to Miami, right? Because Miami uh, the week before in Death Valley, so then Miami's going to do Miami and lose to Pitt. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, again, looking at it now, it's not fair to make the adjustments because then then we're going to make it the outcomes we want. 
Right. Now I'm thinking that Virginia beats Miami and that Virginia loses to North Carolina. Because I think North Carolina is going eight and four. And I think that Pitt is going 10 and two. But anyways, this is a joint thing. So Nick, this is what we've got. For those of you that obviously can't see it, our ACC title would feature NC State at 11 and one against Miami at 10 and two. Our runners up in the, we'll go down the Atlantic first. We have 11 and one NC State, 10 and two Clemson, eight and four Boston College, six and six Louisville, eight and four Wake Forest. I don't know why, for whatever reason, the, the formula that they have here doesn't put Wake in front of Louisville on a better record. Maybe they had to head, I think, went Louisville, maybe. I don't know. Florida State. It still shouldn't matter, six. though. Syracuse three and nine on the coastal side. So all the Atlantic teams going bowling, but Syracuse on the coastal side, we got Miami 10 and two, Pitt nine and three, Virginia eight and four, but also four and four in the conference, North Carolina seven and five, four and four in the conference, Virginia Tech seven and five, three and five in the conference, Georgia Tech three and nine, Duke two and 10. I think my thing is Georgia Tech will be the best three and nine team in college football this year. Um, well, maybe Syracuse would be, but I'd argue Georgia Tech had a tough schedule. But doesn't look too crazy. Seems a little much, though. Feels like a really hot take here. And this will play off really well because this will absolutely piss off fourth, fifth quarter North Carolina. Nick, you might piss off fifth quarter Clemson, too, though. <laughs> well, you'll be able to throw Why? me. You'll be able to throw me under the bus, though, because you'll be able to go that. Well, Mike had picked Clemson to lose both to Miami and Boston College. Yeah, what? (laughs) I mean, I kind of think Clemson could beat Miami, and then that makes it 11-1. But I kind of want to have – you know, I'm letting my bias kick in. I kind of want NC State to get to the conference championship. That's the thing with these early, you know, way too early picks, is that you have to pick these games week by week because you never know know what you're going to get. You know, this could be totally different. Uh, there were a lot of things where I could have picked one team based on how they did the last week. But honestly, it's not bad for how early it is. And I'm so glad we're talking about football. But State Miami, it's not not bad. I'm high on Miami. Whoa, I love whoa, before, you, before, before you wrap this up, we have to pick a champion. You can't do it on the simulator. Oh, yeah, yeah. We yeah, got to pick whoa. a champion. And Nick, so I want to hear. No, I want to hear you. I want to hear you. Does Miami finally win an ACC championship since joining the conference, or does State finally win since '79? Is that is that the you down? Wolfpack, baby, he's giving me the he's giving me the tough years. Oh, baby, you're because you know what's gonna happen, right? You're right, Nick. Because you picked it, and it's yeah. not going to happen. No, no, no. You're going to win the ACC 12-1. and one. You're going to be the number five team in the college football playoff. The NCAA is going to say, to NC State again. <laughs> oh, I know. That is That would so happen. You want to know why? Two-loss SEC runner-up Alabama will get in as a number four seed. And <laughs> the number five seed will be – or better yet – Number four will be a 12-1 USC, but because they have a coach named Lincoln Riley, they will get more style points and brand points and be number four over NC State at five. <laughs> and it's just perfect because our only loss would probably be the best team on our schedule, Clemson. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. You don't play Texas. At Clemson, yeah, that's that's the best game. 
Uh, again, uh, you're sleeping on ECU, buddy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not. Trust me, I'm not sleeping on the Pirates. I am not. I I'm high on ECU this year. They can make a lot of noise in the AAC. Um, oh, yeah. God, it, that would be the most NC State thing is that we lost to Clemson, and that's what's keeping out of the playoff. And we're the five C. They're gonna put in like Alabama, Ohio State, and Ah, uh, fuck Oklahoma, and then they're just gonna pick like, yeah, you're right, USC, or maybe like Georgia, you know, runner-up in the SEC, or maybe Michigan or something. I don't know. And they're gonna leave us out because we're not Clemson. So, so, yeah. So what else? No. So I mean, like. That's what's wild is, you know, this definitely is not going to be set in stone. Like, this feels wrong. Like, I, I love Virginia. Eight and four seems too much. Like, I think Clemson, like, if you ask me to pick who wins the Atlantic, I'm picking Clemson. But, again, like, crazier things have happened. I mean, and also, too, I think it's just fun to play it out because, like, I, I'm not going to lie, Nick. That's what's, I think, and if you're an NC State fan, just from an outside perspective, probably a good thing, you know, is that for everyone that's high on NC State, there's a lot on the opposite end of the spectrum. That's like, they're so overrated. So, like, they have the luxury of, like, they're not going to be like Miami of most years, you know, where with Miami, everyone's like, oh, they're going to be good. You know, they're going to get a lot of hate, too. So, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting, but I mean that's all I've got, Nick. I'm just glad we were able to talk some football. That was kind of fun. Anything else before we wrap this up? Oh, actually, before we do, since you'd like to mention what today's date was, super fun random fact. Snoop Dogg is having a concert in Nebraska tonight. It's in Lincoln, so over by the university. On 420. Like Snoop Dogg's in Nebraska on 420. Why would he not be like in Colorado or LA? That makes no sense. Like, I don't know how much like the P, like PBA Pinnacle Bank Arena paid for him to come there, but how the hell did they get Snoop Dogg on 420? That's my random fact of the night and question. That's a trivia question no one will have the answer to. It's a riddle. Good luck solving it. Uh, I, I got nothing else. That was fun. I miss talking football. Uh, every week we get closer and closer. I can't wait for the summertime when we're just like deep diving and playing scenarios and our road trip podcast. I can't wait. Our, for our that. first live, our first live podcast will be week one Sunday night in the parking lot of Mercedes Benz Superdome or whatever the heck it's called down there now, the Superdome down in New Orleans. And Nick and I, I'm wearing my SEC can kiss my ACC shirt with my ACC Florida State hat that I randomly have, and I'm just going to be in Death Valley interviewing fans saying. Will Brian Kelly be fired if they go six and six? And then we'll interview Florida State fans. Will they get fired if they go six and six? And then I'll rub it in Nick's face when it is clearly that there's way more pressure on Brian Kelly than there is on Mike Norvell. Because um, I know Nick is just completely wrong here. This is this is Nick's Wake Forest UNC debate all over again. He's just he's just cuckoo for not, at this not. It is not, you know, sir. It is what it is. I'm not saying Florida State is gonna the world's gonna fall apart if they go 66. That's not what I'm saying. He's just saying that somehow Florida State has more pressure than LSU as an underdog. You know, I'm saying Mike Norvell has more, more pressure. 
Ryan Kelly loses oh, first game to Florida State, who hasn't been to a bowl game in three years. That is way worse than – like, even when LSU was bad last season, guess what they played in, Nick? A bowl game. <laughs> they still beat Texas A&M in a bad season. <laughs> they almost beat Bama in a bad season. <laughs> Florida State couldn't even beat a school that didn't even make – I'll the- say this, Micah, and you can't deny it. Both teams go five and seven. Who's getting fired? Mike Norvell, Ooh. not Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly. No. no. Sorry, Brian that's Kelly. not happening. <laughs> Ed Orgeron never <laughs> missed a bowl game as the head coach at LSU. You're not going to fire Brian Kelly after Brian Kelly year. has just, never missed a bowl happen. game in the history of his coaching lifetime. You're going to punish him by missing out of his entire coaching career. You're going to punish him by firing him if he misses one year of bowl eligibility. When you're a preseason top 20 team, yes, Florida State will be preseason. We have him going six and six, and I'm optimistic about him. I was just saying, if each team goes five and seven, Norvell's getting the boot, not Coach Brian Kelly. And you know what? I, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. This is I I would want Mike I would want Brian Kelly fired because I don't like him at LSU. I miss Coach O. So oh, I, I kind of uh, cringeworthy Brian Kelly dancing with recruits. I actually really enjoy that. So I do not. I think it's the most cringy shit ever. That's why I like it. It it just makes me realize no matter what I do in my life, I can't be worse than that. So it's kind of a nice. I, I, I guess because, I don't know, LSU has always had a soft spot in my heart because I love everything about them, and it's not the same LSU. So I guess I'm just down on them, but whatever. LSU is not even the best football school in the state of Louisiana. Let me introduce you to the school called ULM. They have beat this program called Alabama last time they played them, but, you know, no big deal or anything. No Warhawks, baby. But anyways, with that being said, thank you all for listening. Uh, we're excited to talk baseball. If uh, all things work out, we might have something really special for next week. We'll knock on some wood here to hopefully pull that off. Nick's going to be doing some, uh, some some work this week. But, yeah. One final recap, NC State-Miami ACC championship game. All ACC teams going bowling, but Georgia Tech, Duke, and Syracuse. Some out, notable outliers is my who's going eight and four, which just feels wrong, and Clemson losing to Boston College because I'm a psychopath and just think that that's going to happen. So with that being said, thank you all for listening. It just means a little bit less in ACC country, which is why Mike Norvell would not get fired by going five and seven because it means less here than it does in the SEC. But as always, go ACC.